Brace yourself and buckle up. You are about to hear a life-changing, history-making, world-defining message from the New Birth Podcast. Tell everybody you know, things will never be the same. St. John, chapter number 21, one verse, the third verse. I honor God for being here, and I give honor to the priest of this house in his absence, your pastor, your shepherd, our leader, Dr. Jamal Harrison Bryant. Come on, let's celebrate leadership. Both humbled and honored the level of confidence that he would allow me to stand in his stead. I came to preach today. I just need to know if I can get somebody in this section to start praying for me right now. St. John, chapter number 21, verse number three. And when you get it, will you shout, Amen? Simon Peter said unto them, I go a fishing. They said unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. Before you take your seats, I want you to just grab one person by the hand, shake them real good like you're going to shake it off. If they sleep here, wake them up, tell them it ain't nap time, it's word time. And help me repeat my subject. Look that neighbor in the eye and help me say, neighbor, I can't quit now. On your way down to your seat, just touch everybody you can reach and tell them I can't quit now. Be seated in the presence of the Lord. Seemingly, everywhere I go and everyone I encounter and everyone I talk to and everybody I speak with is trying to figure out how to navigate this current storm that we are yet in. It would appear now that the winds of turbulence and terror are blowing from all directions, creating storms of chaos and confusion, the likes of which we've never seen are encountered before God help me preach police brutality that's a storm partisans politics that's a storm violating the vote voter suppression that's a storm high food prices low wages that's a storm Mass shootings, inflation, and discrimination are all storms that we are currently facing and dealing with. And people are asking, how 
respond to these storms? How do we uh, respond? Do we change course? Do we drop anchor? Do we change direction? Do we turn back? What do we do? What is God saying? And is there any word from the Lord? Preach, Ruby Holland, I believe I will. Peter, a professional fisherman, sat under the tutelage of the Most High, most known of the disciples for his incidental blunders and his strong belief, for his courageous acts and his cowardly retreat. This friend was quick to commit, but even quicker to quit. How can anyone be strong-willed, outspoken, and emotionally inconsistent? His great success and his faith was oftentimes followed by the failure in his flesh. He started to walk to Jesus on the water and looked around him and began to sink. Mm -hmm. He declared his allegiance to Christ and did denied him three times because of what was going on around him. He brought the gospel to the Gentiles and then later would not eat with them because of who was around him. One could easily assume from Peter's behavior that he is straddled the fence, that he has one foot in and one foot out, that sometimes he's in and sometimes he's out. Sometimes he do, sometimes he won't. Sometimes he will and others he won't. However, may I present to you this morning that this seems to be the behavior of some churchgoers today. Sometimes they come to church because in-person worship has now become optional. So sometimes they show up and sometimes they don't. Sometimes they will and others they won't. When the Bible clearly admonishes us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Now, I, I know things have changed, and, and I am aware of the fact that times are different. Nonetheless, too many have adopted the mentality that if I can work from home, I can worship from home. And while many are making in-person worship optional, as for me and my house, as long as the doors are open, I will take advantage of every opportunity to come in his house and worship his name. Do I have any worshipers in this house today? It is, it was this Peter. <laughs> 
while on the coast of Caesarea Philippi gets a revelation of who Christ really is. Then later declared that I'm not worthy uh, to be crucified like him. Crucify me upside down. Jesus found this Peter on the brink of the sea. Water was their commonplace. Jesus first met Peter on the water. Water was their commonplace. <laughs> Jesus instructed Peter to go back into the water and their nets were filled with fish. Water was their commonplace. Peter asked Jesus to bid him to come while on the boat and he walked on the water because water was their commonplace. Peter finds Jesus waiting at the shore. And as uncommon as it may seem or sound, it's not unusual for an unusual practice for Jesus to wait. Throughout scripture, we see that Jesus patiently waits. In John chapter 4, while on his way to Jerusalem, he takes a detour to Samaria just to, yeah, and waited on the woman at the well just to tell her that she had finally met the right man. If you've read your Bible, and I'm sure you have, you will recall in Luke chapter 19, the story of Zacchaeus, the chief publican, a rich man but small in stature. Jesus waited for Zacchaeus to climb down out of a sycamore tree just so he could abide at his house. And I ought to have at least 1,000 people here today that can testify that Jesus waited on you. Tell the whole truth. When we were wretched and undone, doing things we should not have done, in places we never should have been, other folk gave up on you, labored you a loser, kicked us to the curb, rode us off, but Jesus waited on us. Will you do me a favor for the first time? Can you tap your neighbor and tell him he didn't give up on me? He waited on me. Now, you need to talk to another neighbor. Tell him not only did he wait on me, but he didn't leave me where he found me. Ah, look at somebody and tell him I was jacked up, tore up. I was a mess, but I thank God for his grace. He waited for me to get myself together. <sighs> By the time, by the time we find Peter in our text, uh, he has failed most miserably. And not just failed, but he has betrayed his God and his teacher. Peter has become the worst version of himself. Again, he has done what he vowed he would never do. Not only has he denied and betrayed uh -huh, the one he once committed to die for, but now he has turned back and gone back to fishing. Uh, he is no longer 
were fishing for men, but now he's fishing for fish. How be it ever before we become too critical of Peter? How many of us have gone back to the very thing that we said we would never ever do again? You know, the places I used to go, I don't go anymore. The things I used to do, I don't do anymore. Peter is now actively disengaged with the work of advancing the cause of Christ and the kingdom of God. In relative terms, Peter has become shh, a quiet quitter. Uh, in, yeah, yeah. in July 2022, the quiet quitting trend gained notoriety and attention in a TikTok video because one quiet quitter wasn't so quiet about it. Uh, uh, yeah, through definition, uh, quiet quitting, uh, and I quote, uh, is the deliberate withholding by an employee of their full potential efforts at work. Uh, may I suggest to you that what we have here is a vivid portrayal of a shh, quiet quitter. Simon Peter, long before he was the celebrated preacher at Pentecost, he struggled with what it meant to focus on the work and faithfulness to the work. Peter is indeed, in fact, the quintessential example of what the world now knows as a quiet quitter. Ah, Peter, who had worked alongside Jesus in full-time ministry with finding the need and meeting it and finding the hurt and healing it has now become actively disengaged with ministry, deliberately withholding his full potential efforts of the work that his master teacher had taught and trained him for the advancement of the kingdom and he's now trying to fill the void in his life so he returns to what is familiar or that that God has already delivered him from. I feel like preaching. I just wish I could get somebody in this section to start praying for me. My brothers and my sisters, I present to you that Peter has backtracked or entered into a backslidden state. Well, Ruby, how do you know this? Luke uh, 9 and 62 tells us that no man that puts his hands to the gospel plow and look back is fit for the kingdom of God. Peter has backslidden and perhaps he's not even aware of his state of being. Sounds like somebody we all know. Uh, we all know somebody that should be here. We all know somebody uh, that has not come back yet. Uh, they're not back. They're missing in action. The real truth of the matter is they're a quiet quitter and perhaps they don't even know the state of being. 
praying. Somebody help me say quiet quitters. I, I feel like preaching. The text says uh, they have fished that night and caught nothing. Uh, so they find themselves where they have been before doing what they have uh, done before. But something has changed. I need to ask you a question. I really, I really don't need an answer, but I need to ask you a question. Have you ever tried what you knew worked before? Did it exactly the same way you did it before? At the exact time you did it before, in the same place you did it before and ended up with nothing? I thought I had a real church in here. I thought y'all was going to help me. I can imagine that it's difficult for Peter to wrap his mind around the fact that he has now failed at what he has always been good at. That he has failed at what he has always had the most success in. I'm fully persuaded to believe that it's difficult for Peter to grasp the reality that he has now failed at what he does best fishing in other words what has previously worked for him in the past is now not working at all Peter has backtracked and gone back to what is comfortable but it's not conducive uh, neither is it constructive uh, somebody help me say that's failure uh, I need to pause parenthetically to encourage somebody uh, that may be facing failure today uh, failure is often the impetus or shall I say the catalyst for success uh, my brothers and my sisters uh, I suppose now that uh, one of the most arduous and uh, one of the most difficult expeditions uh, you will ever have in your life uh, is the journey back to the place uh, where you were not your best self uh, uh, that journey back to the place uh, where you were yeah uh, not your best self uh, the journey back to the place where you faltered, you, you faded, you fumbled, you failed and did not finish. The place and space where I feel your Holy Ghost where things did not work out. The place and space where things did not go well. The journey back to places and people, locations and loved ones where you fail. However, I suppose that on some level it's normal or a common practice among human beings to run back to what we know. Oddly enough, for some reason, we seemingly find comfort in familiarity of that which is familiar. And for the record, may I remind you that they are no longer fishing for fish. 
They are fishing for men. God has called them out of a season and they have entered into a new season. And what used to work is now not working at all. Peter says, I'm going fishing and the rest of the fellas decide to go with him. So not only is Peter a quiet quitter, but he has also caused others to quit. Peter says, I'm going fishing, and the rest of the fellas decide to go with him. Here it is. The problem with quiet quitting is at some point it becomes loud enough for others to hear. The reaction is, I go. The reality was, we go. The problem or what is somewhat problematic uh, with Peter's decision uh, is that when backtracking, uh, yesterday's fish will never satisfy uh, the pain of tomorrow's hunger. Uh, Peter has returned to that uh, which is familiar, uh, but it is no longer fruitful. Uh, Peter has now returned to that which is practical, but it is no longer productive or progressive because old habits don't work in a chain line. I need to ask you a question this morning. Is there anybody here that will tap your neighbor and help Miss her neighbor or neighbor? I don't mean to get on your nerve, but I want you to know I may not be all that I'm supposed to be, but I thank God that I'm not what I used to be. Do I have anybody here right now that can testify there's been a change in my life? Can I work a little while longer? Will you pray while I work or will you worship while I work? This text now is tailored to teach that whenever a season is over, it's over. I need to say that again for the benefit of those of you that are online. This text now is tailored to teach us that whenever a season is over, it is over. Some of us here today need to pray and ask God for the gift of goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Let bygones be bygones. Let the past pass. Let the past be the past. When a season is over, somebody help me say it's over. I don't care how positively productive the season may have been. When you return to an old routine, don't expect to get the same results. When a season is over, somebody shout it's over. Uh, whatever happened, happened. Whatever didn't happen, didn't happen. Huh? When it's over, somebody shout, it's over. What this, what this quiet quitter has not yet discovered. Uh, 
is that you cannot hide from yourself amongst the fish. I'm almost there. Oh, Lord. The boats and the nets will not protect you from the truth of your failure. Whenever, whenever you fail and whenever you fall, the only thing that will pick you up and put you back on your feet is the truth. I know you got it all together now. I'm looking at you. You look real good. But if I have anybody in here that has ever failed anything, if you've ever failed a test, if you've ever failed a class, if you've ever failed at being a good co-worker, if you ever failed at anything, who am I preaching to today? I didn't come for everybody, but today I came for those who has fallen and you feel like you can't get up. If that's you, jump to your feet and tell the Lord, Lord, put me back on my feet. I feel God in here. Peter has backtracked, trying to relive a former season of success in his life. Thank you. Now that he has failed, he runs back F sharp to fishing. He runs back to his old way of life. He runs back to what is comfortable. He runs back to that which is familiar. He runs back, oh Lord, to what used to satisfy and it has now left him as empty as the nets. The Bible says that they have fished that night and caught Absolutely. Somebody help me say nothing. I must admit now uh, uh, that I'm somewhat empathetic and sympathetic uh, for Peter at this moment uh, because the worst feeling in the world is a feeling of failure. Uh, may I have a moment of transparency? Uh, yeah, will, will you allow me a transparent moment? Uh, I know what it's like to fail. Uh, I know what it's like to really mess up and get things wrong. Uh, I, I, know, I know that feeling. Uh, yes. I know that feeling of let down. I, I know what it's like to be so lost that you cannot find your way back. It's a terrible feeling. And what's even worse is when you allow what failed to become the determiner of whether or not you're a failure. What Peter teaches us is there's absolutely no greatness without failure. Lean on your neighbor now and tell your neighbor, I can't quit now. Yeah, because part of being human is the capacity to mess things up. A part of human fallibility is the proclivity to be foolish, the proneness to ruin things. The strange ability to hurt folks that we love the best. Have you ever been there? Have you ever hurt somebody you should have protected? Have you ever given away something you should have kept? Have you ever shared something that was supposed to be a secret? Have you ever said something you wish you could take back? Have you ever done something you wish the 
night and caught nothing. Three minutes and I'm out of here. Peter found Jesus waiting on the shore because we know water was the common place. Jesus refers to him as Simon, which points back to the person that he used to be and not who God had called him to be an apostle. And although Peter is doing yeah Lord he's not doing what he's been called to do he's still who Jesus has called him to be can I get you to nudge somebody and help me say neighbor oh neighbor I want you to know that I am I am what the Lord says I am tell him I want you to know I'm going to do everything God has called me to do. I'm going to be everything he has called me to be because I'm not a failure. I am a finisher. I came today to prophetically declare over this house that I'm not a failure. I'm a finisher. Lean on your neighbor and help me say neighbor oh neighbor I'm not a failure I am a finisher some things fail I fail something but I'm not a failure I'm a finisher you see you only become a failure when you allow what fail to become the estimation and the evaluation of your word. Can I have somebody that God delivered you to look at a neighbor and help me say, I am, I am not my past, but it was everything that happened in my past that caused me to be who God has called me to be. Somebody text pastor and ask 
give me if I can have five more minutes. I said the real target is not your failure. It's your future. And when I say future, what I'm really talking about is your assignment. The only reason, Robbie, that we're still here is because our assignment is not completed. Chapter Jonathan, the only reason why you're still here is because there's still something that God has purpose for you to do. The enemy wants you to quit, but we must recognize that when the assignment is awakened in your life, the enemy is awakened against your life because unimaginable opportunities always trigger unthinkable opposition. What are you saying, Ruby? I'm trying to tell you that the greater the assignment, the greater the adversary, the greater the mission, the greater the mess, the greater the call, the greater the chaos, the greater the work, the greater the warfare. Can I get you to grab one neighbor by the hand? Shake that neighbor's hand. Help me, son, neighbor. reason to shout right where you are the attacks against your life the attacks against your body the attacks against this church the attacks against the ministry the attacks against our leader is evidence that even the enemy know that you are capable of finishing what you start lean on somebody and tell them I'm not a quitter I'm a finisher yeah Lord I said it's the evidence that you can finish what you start can I close now you're not a quitter because I understand that if God has already programmed me. I said, if God has already positioned me, if the Lord has already promised me the victory, I can't quit now. Touch five people and tell them you can't quit now. The Bible said that they fished that night and caught nothing. Again, they are fishing fishing for me so they're doing the right thing but they're doing it in the wrong place I said they're doing the right thing but they're doing it in the wrong place I feel like somebody today I don't know who I've been ordained to bless but I came to serve the devil notice that you're not a failure you're a Tell everybody you can reach and tell a neighbor, 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 neighbor. I just can't quit now. Say yes, Lord. I 
finisher. I may have been distracted, but I'm a finisher. Got lost along the way, but I'm a finisher. Messed up on more than one occasion, but I'm a finisher. I need somebody that's watching me on the line. I need somebody here right now to open up your mouth and declare I'm a finisher. Encourage somebody that's next to you. Tell them I'm not a failure. I am a finisher. There's one more thing I need to tell you, and that is the enemy. He hates finishers. Can I tell you why? Because that word finish is what ultimately signifies his defeat in earth and in heaven. You do remember when he was suspended between time and eternity. Bloodied and unbound. Between two guilty thieves, he uttered these words. Not that I'm done, but he said it is finished. I need to encourage you. You can't quit now because every time you finish what you start, every time you finish what God assigned. You finish what God allocated. Every time you finish what God has allowed it. Every time you finish what he has ascribed. You serve the devil notice that I can't quit now. I said every time you finish what has been predetermined. Predestined, huh? preordained. You said the devil notice huh? that I can't quit now. Huh? I gotta get out of here. Huh? But I need those of you huh? that's been sitting on the sideline. Huh? If you ever thought about quitting, huh? if you ever tried to quit, huh? if you ever said you was gonna quit, huh? I need you to make your way huh? down to this altar. Huh? Because the Lord sent me to tell you, huh, you're a finisher. Huh? I need you to grab somebody huh, while you're on your way huh, and tell them I'm not a quitter. Huh? And neither are you. Huh? Tell them it huh, is finished. Huh? Finish what you start. Huh? The devil is a liar. Huh? I don't care what they say. Huh? I'm a finisher. Huh? The devil is a liar. I don't care what it look like. I am a finisher. The devil is a lie. I hope you are energized that you don't need an energy drink. What you just heard should have you off and running, chasing your dreams, pursuing your purpose, and answering your call. If this was a blessing, share it with somebody else. Don't be selfish. This is what God gave you so that you can be a blessing to somebody who needs it worse.